0: Something to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes achieving outstanding pairings, and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am Dave Gurney, and I am here with Joe Hilliard and Carlos Cooper. And this week we From are. Memory. Thank you. Yes, beautiful. <laughs> it only took me a couple tries. Uh, th- this week we're going to be uh, sampling some some indie films, uh, some films by the uh, director Lynn Shelton, who uh, has has been working for a number of years, but uh, I think is sort of uh, an under-recognized figure in in the movie-making and TV-making community. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll shine some light on her and her work, and we're also going to shine some light on uh, one of America's top IPAs, at least as... Uh,
1: According to one of those stupid lists. Yeah, was it Thrillist <laughs> on this one? I think so. Uh, yeah. uh, we talked about uh, two... Hearted, what's it called? Two-Hearted Ale. Two-Hearted, Two-hearted Ale from Bells yeah. uh, so a few weeks ago. The greatest IPA the gra- The best IPA in America. And on that same list mm-hmm. is this one, David, that you brought today. Thank you. Yeah.
2: This sure. Okay, so this one, uh, for all you curious hopheads out there, uh, this is the Tubular India Pale Ale. This one comes from Arono? Orono. 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 Yeah. Uh, brewing, they are in our maine or oh yeah orno maine yeah. there we go um We've used our knowledge. Someone just took and a trip to Maine and brought home a lot of candy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we've used our knowledge and love for brewing to create the contents of this can. Please enjoy fresh, dedicated to brewing with Maine grains. Uh, this bad boy clocks in at 7.2%. It is triple dry hopped and juicy, tropical, stone fruit, red berry, and tangerine flavors. And it is brewed with a whole lot of Galaxy, Eldorado, Citra, and Topaz hops. Fun fact Eldorado, my
0: favorite hop.
1: How do you get on those lists? That's a great question, Joe. How
0: would you? I don't know. I mean, I guess you send free cans to Thrillist? Well,
1: I think that the last day of this podcast <laughs> is the day we try the very last IPA, and then we can come up with a list of the best <laughs> IPAs that are in America. But uh, before that... Anyway, How I, I always treat those lists with uh, a little bit of, of reservation. But, David, you said it really well in a previous episode when we were talking about that Bells, and that is it's a good starting point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think those... I look at those lists as kind of fun and and just something to okay, it makes me aware of something. I hear a name that I've never heard before. And uh, this one, as, as I was looking at it and getting ready to uh, be in the great state of Maine, I thought, well, hey, we've had one of the beers on the list from Maine. That was lunch, Maine Beer Company. And uh, this this would be an opportunity, perhaps, to pick up another one. So now, I, uh, now, what
1: do you think of a beer that it calls itself an IPA, not a hazy IPA that is very hazy? This thing is well, it
2: is an IPA that was brewed in New England. So yeah. you know, if it, they if it's a New England style That's IPA without being labeled as that, then fine, I'm good with it. You know, and when yeah, they say um, it's
1: triple hopped, remind me what that means. I know. <laughs>
2: it it just means that it has been dry hopped. Uh, not once, not twice, but thrice. I um, with uh, you know, uh, it's a they put a shit ton of hops after they're done
1: brewing they're you know, during
2: the fermentation stage.
1: A little extra bitterness, a little extra flavor,
2: not a lot of bitterness. We're getting a lot more of that fruitiness, the floralness, some of the uh, more pleasant
0: um, right
1: characteristics. Again, when the you're boil. loading
0: when you're loading those hops in early in the boil, you're getting a lot of the bitterness mm-hmm. out of it. And, and in fact, uh, when we were uh, talking about Hobbs and Shaw a couple of episodes back we had that 120 minute and that's all about adding them throughout the boil and so you get a lot of that early hop bitterness there and and, and it still kind of shines through whereas with something like this where they're really kind of back ending the the hopping right mm-hmm. putting a lot of it at the end it's really more the aromatics that you're getting or or that that becomes the more pronounced part of the uh, hop profile here and I'm definitely getting on on the, on yeah. the nose I mean, there is a lot of lot of citrusy. Big
1: time. The beer yeah. has a great body and a great look in the glass. Yeah. yeah. So, right. so, so f- let's dive right in.
0: Fun to sip on here while we talk about Sword of Trust.
1: David, you brought this one to the table. I'd like to know what made you th- uh, suggest to us that we should watch it. I'd never even heard of this director before. I'm going to be quite honest with you. Sure.
0: Well, I th- I think Why are you was, laughing? This was kind of a joint uh, venture with uh, with Carlos. He, he was pretty interested in this one, right? Yeah, I pushed We're-
2: for it. Oh.
0: I I pushed for it before we were actually capable
2: of doing it. Like, uh-huh. I brought I it up, you showed us the trailer. Yeah, I brought it up way before it yeah. was available to us. Um and then came back around a little bit later due to a somewhat lackluster uh theater um Run. schedule. Um but yeah, I mean, this is um Mark Marin's first lead role in a film. Uh Lynn Shelton directed several episodes of his show. She's done several episodes of New Girl, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think she did some Glow episodes. Right. So she, she's um, done two
0: series with Marin. Yeah. And,
2: and uh, I mean, New Girl and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, some of my favorite television comedies of the last 10 years mm-hmm. by a very. Substantial margin, especially in the case of Brooklyn Nine Nine. (laughs) I mean, she's Um,
0: she's actually done a pretty impressive number of television things. She did an episode of Mad Men back in twenty ten. The Mindy Project, Fresh Off the Boat, Master of None, uh, Shameless. I mean, she directed
2: Master of None.
0: Yeah, uh, two episodes. So I mean, she she's had a pretty good run in television or at least streaming platform television stuff well, a little bit of both yeah but but all alongside that making sort of very micro budget features right. with, with some notable actors yeah, involved for a, sure. across the board especially the
2: second one we're going to talk about right. um but yeah this this movie I um I you know obviously the Marin thing had me interested I'm a fan of uh, not just his podcast but his comedy I loved his show mm-hmm um, and, you know, find him to be an interesting person in general. Um, but I had, you know, been hearing a lot of great things about his performance specifically and about, you know, how funny the movie was. Um, and
1: then, you have know, have we said the name of the movie?
2: Sort of trust. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, and then obviously Michaela Watkins doesn't hurt anything mm-hmm. like her quite a bit. Uh, she was in some new girl episodes. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. See, I was not a new girl. yeah she she plays schmidt's boss who winston nanny's for yeah and uh Mm. yeah we watch that show yeah yeah she's really funny in that role um quite the hard ass but yeah anyway so all those things got me really interested in it and then also the fact that i couldn't have it it wasn't playing here i Uh couldn't just go see it It made me (laughs) want it even more right um forbidden fruit yeah and then after having said all of that I totally forgot we were doing it for the podcast uh, until this morning when Kylie asked me what movies we were doing. And I couldn't remember the third batch of movies. And I was right. like, oh, shit. And she was like, well, you better start watching it right now. And so I watched it this morning. Um, I watched it
1: this morning, too. Uh, I'll
2: just come out and say, great movie. Well, so fun. We like, got- so funny. I, I mean, and I, I do. There are parts of it that are a little too close. For me, like um, Be, being a small
0: shop owner, yeah, and the, the, the haggling. I imagine it was the
2: haggling part where I was just like so uncomfortable because, you know, when you're in a, someone's position, like, are you trying like, to screw me? Like, right. yeah, <laughs> uh, when you're in his position, like. You know, maybe pawn shop people are different, but A, like, you're not really trying to screw anybody, but B, you also have to make money. Right. So it's this very fine line between, like, trying to make as much money as you can and trying not to be an ass and trying not to feel like you're deceiving anybody, like, trying not to lie to people and stuff and make sure both parties leave feeling good about it. Mm -hmm. And so when he's doing the thing with the guitar and the boots and I'm just like... Man, this is so stressful for me.
0: Like, uh, now, did you know that guitar as a, as a musician did did that register at all? I'm mean, I'm just curious. I know that's kind of a tangent, but
2: it is. I mean, there's a. I wish that we had uh, brought my friend Kyle on as a guest just for this very very minute part of the yeah, film. But yeah. he lives in Houston. But there is like, there are some pawn shop guitars that you can find really cheap that actually are somewhat collectible and valuable and certain people like jack white and dan auerbach took some kind of shitty nothing guitars and made them thousand two three thousand dollars because they use them and and they're kind of hard to find these days and stuff like that but um i mean yeah i don't think he had like some crazy gold mine or whatever but you know a hundred bucks for you know old guitar from his perspective might be kind of a lot of money but uh But yeah, so the actual plot of the film is you have Mel, right, the character Yes, name, right. Uh, who played is, by Marin. Played yeah. by Marin, who is a pawn shop owner, um, has a really useless employee uh-huh. uh, that just kind of lurks around.
0: <laughs> watching internet videos. Mostly, watching internet yeah. conspiracy videos. Yeah. Uh, how the film Flat opens. Earth videos, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um,
2: uh, this, uh, there's this couple played by Jillian Bell and Michaela Watkins, that come into inheriting... Well, they thought they were going to inherit a house, end up just inheriting this uh, old Civil War sword that they try to sell to Marin. And as soon as he finds out, he can sell it to these conspiracy nuts that think the South actually won the Civil War and really make some money. Um, that's when they get into the scheme together to try to sell it for tens of thousands of dollars. But then all the other, cons- their other conspiracy nuts are trying to steal it from them and they get themselves way too deep into this underground of really racist. South will rise again. Conspiracy uh-huh. theory people. And you know,
1: it who goes are hunting for these specific artifacts, Provers. right? Yeah. yeah. Provers.
2: Provers. Yeah. yeah. Artifacts that prove their, uh, their theories about the way history actually unfolded. Right. Um, and, you know, just wackiness and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we do get some very poignant moments. Lynn Shelton plays Mark Maron's ex, uh, Mel's ex, who is, you know, a See, notorious junkie. It's funny because
0: she, I, she's been in a few of her films, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize it until this, when I was reading up on it. I mean, I've seen a few of those films, and I've seen her in them, but I didn't realize that was her until and so, when I was reading about this one. I
2: didn't know what she looked like going into it, but I don't know why. But for some reason, when I saw that character, I knew they were going to be small in terms of like actual screen time. I could just, I don't know. I could just tell something about yeah when that character came in and what they were doing. And I was like, Oh, I bet that's her. And I looked it up and, and it was, sure enough, yeah. but yeah, I, I didn't know from the outset. Um, and she's in a lot more of her stuff than I had also known. But, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it a lot. Marin gives a really poignant kind of dialogue about addiction and struggling with addiction, especially when you're in a romantic yeah. tryst with another addict and like trying to get your life together and like all this stuff. And, um, you know, I thought Michaela Watkins and Jillian Bell were really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kingpin was really funny at the end.
1: Um, and I, I did a little story, a little bit of research just to understand what I was watching, what you you know what we were going to be discussing. And uh, it sounds like they do a Curb Your Enthusiasm style level yeah. of screenwriting here, where we know we got to get to this point, and you know we need to say these couple of words or critical lines to make the story wrap up together. But other than that, improv and have a good time. Like yeah. uh, make make us laugh and be true to the characters. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I, like I said, having never watched any of uh, what's her name, Lynn Lynn Shelton. Shelton's yeah. um, feature films, I'm eager to see them all. I thought this was very very enjoyable and had a lot of interesting, great, prescient social points to make, mm-hmm. including conspiracy, how we are controlled by the leaders of conspiracy sometimes. And how uh, at the end of the day, the the right thing to do is to just take care of one another.
2: Yeah. It, it, it does also have a very... That's on
1: the nose, to take care of each other part. The very yeah. last scene is on the nose a little bit. But at the same time, it is a valuable lesson in today's society of offended anger. Yeah. yeah the
2: it, subtleness of the way that the internet can make anybody feel justified in doing, you know, I think that that was a very intentional thing especially given this whole like Pizzagate world that we kind of live in because the guy um, what was the guy that the picked him up? The
0: character? Oh no, the guy who picks him oh. up Hog Jaws? Ho- yeah. No. Yeah, Something Toby like, Huss yeah. is the actor. Toby Huss is the yeah. actor
2: but his character is like you know, big twist at the end. The guy that's buying up all this memorabilia doesn't actually believe any of this This size right. bullshit. He's just buying it to like put it to away hide it, and make to sure he doesn't it, yeah, get right, into the wrong right. hands of people that are actually going to use it for some kind of evil But he's But he's deed. able
1: to control the folks that do believe it. Yeah, because yeah. it's... Cause I mean, in those by cases, By stoking their nonsense. Yeah. By so, stoking their egos.
2: Yeah, it's so easy to know what they want to yeah. hear, you know, whatever. But the guy who picks them up and facilitates this whole transaction hears them say it and is like, I know this is true. I saw it on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's all there. And, and then even um, the John Bass is that, yes, uh, character. Yeah. So it does the same thing when he's trying to convince G- Jillian Bell that Earth is flat. He's yeah. like, oh, you, Google it. Google you, it. You, you should, can look yeah. it up. I know it sounds crazy, but if yeah. you just Google it and it's like, dude, you can Google anything and find <laughs> some crazy <laughs> corner of the internet that yeah. thinks the same way you do and make it true, you know? Right. Um, that's the great thing about science. It's true whether you want to believe it or not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's fucking it's, round, dude. And <laughs> when you do that Curb Your Enthusiasm style filmmaking, Best in Show, Christopher Guest Films, the improv, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's all about the strength of the characters and so about the strength of the actors. I almost said Joel Schumacher, but Joe Swanberg's the guy. I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, it's very different. No,
1: and they do it really well here. Well,
2: it's a great cast. I mean, if you really yeah. look at, even I, though well, they're I, not huge household names like Michaela Watkins, Jillian Bell, Mark Marin, Toby Huss, all these people. Right. Very I mean, seasoned.
0: I think that's that, That's the key here, right? Is is she, and, and when we go on to talk about another of her films in the second half, um, and, and we may even, you know, if, if you guys let me bring up some of the other films, that mm. I think what
1: she does... <laughs> Carlos will have a conferred during yeah, the break. Yeah, yeah. What, you know.
0: I mean, what she does as a director, one one of her strengths as a director, I think, is knowing who is going to be very effective at doing that kind of improv.
1: Oh, you can acting. ruin that if you're and, no, if you're oh, uh, no good or ham-handed. Abs-
0: absolutely. I yeah. mean, I think we've all been to an improv show where you've Ugh. seen people trying to do that and how much they fail at it. So <laughs> d- to see people do it and do it as well and have it be so, you know, sort of ingrained in the character so and, and really work, yeah. It's it's really a, a wonder to behold. And you know, here, you know, I think at least a couple of them, I don't know actually Michaela Watkins or Jillian Bell, for sure, their background but i have a sense that they might have come out of some improv acting i know that Marin didn't i mean he talks no, about yeah. how you know he he's a stand up he right. he came out of stand up comedy he's not even really comfortable with script acting i mean he's you know he he's just at this point in his career coming to he's, be he's more, learning how to act by interviewing actors right, again, right now right. at this stage but but i think she having worked with him on these other series you know his own Marin and then uh, glow for the for netflix that I think she could see in him, oh, well, you know, but you have enough of a knack for being able to pick up dialogue and to, to understand how to integrate yourself into a scene that you could do this. And, you know, just based on what he said, he wasn't totally convinced even going into the project that that it was the right move. But she was right. I mean, watching him, I, I mean, he... He does a great job. Yeah, he, he's, he's wonderful. I loved, you know, when I was watching it, you know, Carlos already brought up that kind of... That this really hit close to home in the sense that he's a owner of a and run and runs a small shop and has these sort of clients who are selling him stuff and then he goes back and resells it and all that you know he's not running a pawn shop but a record store and in a lot of ways has some overlap. Me not Marin. right? Um, that uh, you know, as I was watching it, I mean, I really enjoyed. You know, pawn shops are just one of those places that you kind of take for granted, and they're there, and they're just part of the cultural landscape. And I don't spend a whole lot of time in them. I used to. There was one when I was younger that we would stop in, and kind of. Look it's the at best place the to boost
1: your DVD collection as a it's pawn shop. <laughs> I,
2: I bought Killing of a Sacred Dealer for a dollar. No, no, wow. no,
1: yeah. If you have five Shit. minutes and are near a pawn shop, yeah. walk in and buy some, in, DVDs. some DVDs. You're you going to find something you want. Well, I promise. The, so I there again,
0: the, maybe I need to go and and, and do that. But the, but at the very least, I love that this film kind of it takes interest and i think her films do in general take interest in these places these spaces that exist in the american landscape that you just kind of take for granted and that you don't really unless you work there unless you happen to be directly tied to one that you maybe don't spend any time in maybe mm-hmm. even though, but you know they're there and you know that and and then you see this and you're like well this is like the life of a person That actually exists out there. That I, you know, every day I'm just driving by on the street, or I'm walking by, or I'm taking the bus by, and so I really appreciate that she brings this film, and it gets wacky, and there and there's some silliness in there, and and for sure it it gets kind of broad at, at certain points, but but it's all rooted in this kind of reality. And, yeah, the conspiracy that she's tapping into here is one that's, as far as I know, made up, right? There aren't really people who think the self won the war. There, there might be. Know. Okay, wow. Well, maybe, okay, but, but it's not one that I hear about as much. Right. <laughs> um, certainly Flat Earth is, so that, that, that one gets touched on. But it's interesting that even with this one that's a little bit, seems like, more far-fetched than most um that that it's delivered in a way that i i could really sort of uh believe. Well they know. take
1: you to an interesting place. They are there to now make a cash transaction for this sword with the leader of where to believe is um you know uh, the leader of this conspiracy Group that wants to yeah. they believe that the south won the war and that if we can collect these artifacts and these letters and these all you know that we can prove it. There's a moment where um the the leader the kingpin right. is with Marin and uh, the character Michaela thank Michael-a-Walk. you yes. and yeah. they're there Mary. to complete the sale and they stumble the story there's a reason why but the kingpin doesn't know it and he comes at them hard and I'm gonna take you down right now you are at my location you are no one knows where you are I can do anything I want to with you I'm a racist clan whatever they whatever yeah. And then he breaks he, break, he breaks because right, they right? cry. They, they they say the truth is we don't want to, die. Want to die. Don't <laughs> take us to the toy room. We, we just want to leave. Yeah, just Let's keep just keep I don't need it. The money and or... he starts laughing. He's like, No, no, now that we've gotten to this level, I just want to let you know I'm bullshitting too. Yeah. I, I don't believe yeah. a word of what I'm saying. But I've got the charisma, the power, and the wealth yeah. to substantiate the conspiracy theory that I need to in order to keep a, a level of power within yeah. this organization and I thought that that twist right there was elevated the film it made it, it a funny. smarter movie while at the same time the nimwit out, outside yeah. is trying to convince the, the the partner of the girl inside that that, that Flat the Earth. Flat, the yeah. Earth is flat. And she locks him. Which in the is track. a conspiracy theory du jour right now. That's getting all of the so not all not, not not as much as it did, but so a back. bunch of social media nonsense. And you have to believe that there are people that need to stoke the flat Earth theory just to make money off of it, oh, which I'm would sure. be merchandise and other things. But other than that, it's Conventions. a convention. It's
2: such a useless. Yeah, to go back to a previous episode, Uncle Drew, Kyrie Irving, flat earther
0: yeah Did, but didn't you say that he got off it or he might have i don't know
1: uh, i just wanted to make a call back well to him no that's true sure. <laughs> that,
2: yeah. uh
0: yeah I, it is a
1: very this is a film worth seeing i agree especially if you're a film of indie well, cinema, in, in cinema. It's, it's, i was it's gonna a say film.
0: this is a film that as many of her films that that it it harkens back to indie cinema of the past i mean i feel like I don't get to see films like this enough nowadays. Where you just have really
1: describe what? What do you mean? What are you missing?
0: I like. I think in the '90s, when I was coming of age in film going, mm-hmm. there were a lot of these films. I think Noah Baumbach films. Uh-huh. I yeah. think uh,
1: smaller character that studies that
0: were right that weren't like big, expensive to make films that just had really good character actors. Doing really interesting characters, lots of conversation, lots of dialogue, few settings, just kind of like you know an apartment, a shop, place of business, a pla- yeah, like and and that was kind an of and you were seeing yeah like an office space and and
1: in order to make that occur you've got to have characters that are interesting in and
0: you know actors that can pull it off right and they do that yeah Yeah. that
2: formats a writer's medium i'd say
0: yeah and it well although in this case it's it's more about the actors you know i mean it's in who who are kind of being writers by doing their own dialogue but you to me it's just it's refreshing to see something that's done on that modest scale that's still so entertaining and so wonderful i mean i think pacing wise and spectacle wise the the mainstream audience? Are they ever going to buy it? No. But did they in the '90s? No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the 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 reality is, is that this this is a small film. It's meant to be a small film. But I think to somebody like myself who can just appreciate when there's good conversation, witty repartee, back and forth, you know, funny quirky characters, actors with these little ticks. And stuff. I thought John Bass, who I don't really know, I know he's been in stuff. But he's I in just, Baywatch. Yeah, I didn't great see movie. Baywatch. I didn't see Baywatch. Um, who, who's you know who I know has been and stuff, but I don't really know him. He really the, he he showed himself to be really good in here. I knew Michaela Watkins from from, from some of her stuff, and the, Jillian Bell was great in Workaholics and, and, and some of the other things. I she, see,
1: she I, now she you're was. talking about the marketplace. The this did not come here. Okay. Uh, it did not get a wide enough release to do so. So thank goodness for a streaming service where we can see On it quickly. End, yeah. We're not waiting for a DVD. We're not waiting for you know, uh, and. I Now it becomes these smaller films really require champions, and I'm glad that we watch the variety that we do. Uh, You know, we just recently talked about Hobbs and Shaw, uh, then you know, a a small indie film. No, I'm saying we we cover the whole gamut. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for goodness sakes, we did do gold uh, Pikachu detective, you know. Detective det- Pikachu. Yeah, I mean we'll do we'll we'll Pikachu. watch all kind Whatever the fuck that <laughs> bullshit was. You we'll, talk loved about, it. we'll talk about all kinds of movies, but I always enjoy when we find game. these smaller ones that probably need a boost. Art of self defense. Yeah. 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 Great, great, great example. Yeah. Um, a movie you should see. Yeah. Right. Uh, Although you probably didn't have a chance to see it in the movie theater and the same with this. So thank goodness for the streaming services that we get to see them rather quickly and help spread the word about them. I can't,
2: I can't wait for October when we do just, just horror movies and we get to do like a, just a one week of just two indie
1: horror movies nobody's seen
2: and just really get to (laughs) dig in deep.
1: I'm a horror fan big time and would... uh, uh, appreciate a journey like that it's yeah. gonna be good yeah. well we'll have to plan that out how about, how about nothing but horror in october yeah you want to do four weeks in a row of just horror of just horror yeah i'll cut this out but
2: no <laughs> no, no, no 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 don't
1: cut it out what if tarantino would release once upon a time in october we'd have to skip it well in other words what if a great release comes out
2: uh, yeah we'll
1: okay. figure it out <laughs> Don't cut anything out. <laughs> all right, so so. All right, David, help, like, did David, help I mean, us get us back on track. I was
0: going to say, it seems like all of us was really the, enjoyed this. Was film. the movie tubular? Did yeah, right? <laughs> did we all enjoy this beer? Yeah, um, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying sipping
2: it. on this one. Yeah, that last little sip. Sorry,
0: little yeah, no, it's uh, down. you know, definitely, it's got the juiciness of a New England IPA. It's got the. Uh, the nice kind of uh, mouth feel that you want. I don't know. There's a
1: level of expectation. It appeared on some kind of list calling it the top 20, top 25 IPA in America. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's good. I, I thought it was pretty, pretty fantastic. Okay. It's so close to style... There's not too much to say about it. Yeah, well, it, it just does a great job. Yeah, being a, an IPA, and like you said earlier, from Maine, it's certainly got a haze to it. Mm-hmm. We're enjoying those beers a lot on this podcast. It's yeah. tis the season. Right, this one is great. Yeah, yeah, and and you got a few of these up in Maine while you were up there.
0: I had a couple. I had a couple, and I tap. Uh I don't know if I had this one on tap actually. It was I think it was all can based. But but Orono Brewing is definitely one that uh, I've I've learned to appreciate over the past couple years that I've been up there and Apologies uh, for asking what's Orono's proximity to Portland. It's far. It's actually closer okay. to Bangor, which okay. is another city. Yeah. It's, it's where the uh, the primary campus for the University of Maine system is. Okay that's growing up that's where i i knew orno was that hey people who went to the university of maine they go to orno
1: so um,
0: yeah, I went up there for a basketball tournament once, but, uh, that's not, not spent much time in Orlando.
1: No. <laughs> that's neither beer nor movies. Yeah. So, right. no, so, tubulars, uh,
0: is, is indeed tubular. Welcome to Maine College Basketball Talk.
2: I, 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 I've enjoyed this great deal. It's everything you want from a New England IPA, I yeah. would say. And it's well fun, executed. fun can
0: art, right? Very, great very uh, art. you know, 90s. Did you sense the Eldorado, Carlos? Yes. Yeah. Good very nice I'm glad. so let's uh, let's sense a little break here and then we <laughs> will come back and we'll talk about Outside In another of Lynn Shelton's films and and like I said if the guys will allow me maybe a little bit more about Lynn Shelton in general when we return <laughs> another beer (laughs) right as we always do so we have a beer here um, that's another first for the podcast uh, the first beer that we've had from Idaho. Oh, hello, Idaho. Yeah, this is Mother Earth Brew Company. They are in Nampa, Idaho, and I and I have to admit, I'm not sure where Nampa actually lies. In I'm that. not it's a large state in the geography. Of should I refrain
2: Idaho. from going in on Idaho the way I went on on East Texas? Definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah. You love potatoes.
2: I've uh, I've played some shows in Idaho before.
0: Really? Yes. Twin what?
2: Falls and Boise. Mm. Twin, Twin Falls, Idaho, is a
1: fantastic song. Is it a song? And a movie. By
2: Ben Folds. Ben Folds. Territory we have not covered. (laughs) Why would we? I don't
1: know. (laughs) Music, beer, and movie starting next week. Okay, David, please keep us on track. The
0: territory here, this is their barrel-aged four seasons. Uh, it is an imperial stout brewed with tart cherries and chocolate. That sounds delicious. And this is their 2019 release of that beer. That I think they do it maybe once every year. That that's why they're calling it the vintage 2019. And it. A little more detail, it is tart cherries they put in there
1: and then pure liquid cacao. Every time we start with a new brewery, a brewery, have you ever had anything from them before? No. Yeah. Carlos? I have not. Neither have I. And from a neck of the woods that's not around us, Mm -hmm. I'm always eager to know, is this one of those breweries that we're going to ask to uh, explore more in the future? Uh, Let's hope. uh, I don't know. I am concerned. Why? Concerned.
2: Most cherry anything beers i've had taste like medicine oh, oh.
1: unless a it's a co- sour
0: unless it's a sour yeah all right idaho in most other cases idaho what do you smell the, like the medicinal that's I'm getting a lot more chocolate on the nose than i am cherry but you know the the one exception uh is it is it blue owl what <laughs> blue owl yeah blue owl what's wrong we're just trying to figure out whose glass is because oh, the beer what's...
2: is dark and the text on the glasses is black <laughs> <laughs> yeah poured like motor
0: oil okay. yeah this one's um, fine but i'm definitely getting a very chocolate i mean that's fudge that's that like fudge. that's like
2: whoo yeah
0: that's awesome and tar- fudgy tart cherries they uh, quantify yeah so maybe get a little little sour tinge wait in there.
2: Do we, this is barrel aged yeah right
0: Bur- bourbon
1: bourbon, bourbon barrels. Barrels, okay yeah.
2: yeah I guess like I was getting a little bit of that kind of on the nose um okay, just uh, smelling Joe. it
1: I haven't tasted it yet. yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, what's the what's the movie we're doing okay guys I haven't I didn't see it I Carlos this week oh is yeah. that what we're calling I it? wasn't now. able to see the film so I'm gonna keep quiet and just drink this beer I'll do well, my best. The, but, well, but, well, what but, movie are we
2: watching, Joe? Please enlighten us.
1: Remind me the name of it. I didn't see it. <laughs> it's yeah, okay. uh, Outside In. Outside In. And yeah. David, you, in our little uh, chat conversations that we have <laughs> as we plan out the episodes, this is one that you said that we should watch. What what, what may, of, of all of Lynn Shelton's films, again, I have only seen the one. Yeah. You chose this one. Why? Right. Well partly accessibility uh this is currently available on netflix
0: uh streaming in the u.s so any of our listeners could go onto their netflix account and uh, watch this film uh i hadn't seen it yet so it was a good opportunity for me to do that and excuse me and it was the most recent one before uh the uh sort of trust so so there were a few reasons that i kind of went to it um it Is a film that uh, features Jay Duplass, uh, one of the Duplass brothers, uh, the the one who's probably a little less known as an actor, though he did have a significant role in the series Transparent, and uh and was a frequent writer right and and was in the puffy chair kind of their breakout film good movie um that uh he's in it edie falco from the sopranos most notably nurse jackie nurse jackie absolutely and ben schwartz uh jean Raffio from uh, i have a lot to say about him Parks and Rec, yeah. Uh, Schwartz
2: uh, no- and Middle Ditch, Improv Fame. Currently, see that
0: that I have not. You've told me about, but I haven't well, experienced. Yeah, we would
2: not have really an opportunity to because they're only touring, right? Um, but
0: you've seen video or something? No, I've oh. just heard. But okay. I mean, they've been. I mean, they did Carnegie Hall. I think wow. uh, so. And two the, nights. And the other notable, who I didn't really know by name, but as soon as I started watching the film, I realized callback to one of our just recent episodes, Caitlin Deaver
2: from yeah. uh Booksmart, Booksmart my yeah. favorite movie of the year if she uh, right. shows
0: up in this
1: don't say that we have to have a favorite movie of the year episode later in the year well as of now i she, mean it's only august I mean, could change it significantly very much could change the safety um,
2: brothers could change it all right so so the
0: basic the basic idea <laughs> well, the adams
1: here, family animated film i
0: had that too i <laughs> saw that trailer for that. yeah ba- yeah basic idea here being i'll be quiet that uh jay duplass plays his character chris who has just been released from prison after serving about 20 years. Um, And it's sort of him being reintegrated back into his community. Uh, Edie Falco plays a former teacher of his who had been sort of an advocate for him while he was in prison. And uh, Ben Schwartz plays a character who's his brother. And uh, Caitlin Deaver is the daughter of the Edie Falco character who is sort of... uh, I mean, the family isn't really in the best place, and yet she strikes up this relationship with uh, with Chris, the the um, J. Duplass character. So that that's kind of the basic premise, and and we see it unfold there. And it's done in the same kind of style that we were talking about with the last film, where they had a basic outline for what they wanted the story to do, and the actors were allowed to sort of improvise their dialogue as um, as it, as it uh, unfolded on set. So. Carlos, you did get to watch this film. uh, I did, yeah. What what, what was your feeling here? I really,
2: really liked this movie. Mm. Um, But it also made me wildly uncomfortable. Um, There's just so many inappropriate relationships that Chris engages in. Yeah. uh, You know, while trying to assimilate, obviously most notably that with um, Edie Falco's character, who's a married woman, who he is... uh, you know, attempting to romantically pursue, uh, Mm -hmm. pretty quick into the film. And then the next is with, um, with the daughter, uh, Hildy, uh, who at first I was cool with it and I was just like, okay, like, you know, whatever they, you know, have this kind of very kind of vague connection or whatever. She's looking for somebody, you know that she can talk to in a free and open way about what she's going through um but then when he takes her to the party is when it really starts to venture into kind of inappropriate Mm -hmm. territory which like you know you're like 40 dude like you should know not to take a 16 year old girl to this party and then I also man I really hate
0: seeing Ben Schwartz as such a shitty guy. <laughs> I mean, as some, I like, I love him Be, because John Raffio is just like one of the most fine, upstanding young people you've ever seen depicted. in no, no. I'm no
2: yeah. I mean, he's definitely not. And I get what you're saying. And it's I had, funny I had, because... I had not considered that yeah. because yes, John Raffio is a reprehensible character, but in such an over the top comedic way that like you never take him seriously and you just right. kind of brush him off anytime he does something skeezy. But this guy is a very genuinely bad person, Mm -hmm. you know, a very genuinely morally corrupt individual who never, and it's it's not even just that, Jean-Ralphio is also portrayed in a somewhat lovable way in the show, and you never see Ben Schwartz in a positive light in this film. Like, even the way that he is shot when he's sitting in his living room with, I think her name in the credits is Flirting Girl, um just watching youtube videos on his xbox or whatever just the way he's postured and like the way he's like behaving towards chris his brother it's all just very not good you know and it's Mm -hmm. it's you know since he is a person that i like so much yeah you know not just because he was john ralphie but just him in real life and like you know um, you know, I follow him on Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And I just say, you know, the, at least the way he presents himself to the world, I do genuinely yeah. like, and I think he seems like a pretty good dude, you know, and he's a, a funny guy and seeing him in such a skeezy role is really tough. Um, cause it goes against, you know, obviously everything that I thought I knew about him and he's not normally a very like transformative you know, kind of actor. He normally kind of just plays some variation of himself, you know? And yeah. I guess in this one, he does a little bit, but I mean, he's really shitty. Yeah. Um,
0: fuck Tom,
2: you know? Though it's, it's interesting. I <laughs> mean, her <laughs> husband, like he's, a yeah, he's well, a fucking yeah, asshole. no, that, yeah.
0: that, that, that doesn't, uh, yeah, but, but it, but it works for the story. I don't know. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from with, with uh, Ben Schwartz. I mean, again, Ted. I I only really know him from Parks and Rec uh and and in that like you know I, I always found him a really entertaining part but this is definitely a more dramatic kind of role for yeah, him not as entertaining um, just upsetting you know comparing it to comparing this film to um to sort of trust there is some comedy here, but yeah. it's much more dramatic. I mean, yeah. it is a much it's a lot darker, much more kind of uh, you know kitchen sink kind of drama film where you're not really there for the laughs. You're there no. for the character development and well, what it is that they're doing.
2: Well, I mean, the the, the movie about a guy who was who served twenty years in prison for a murder that he didn't commit that his brother directly aided and abetted right. and never said anything. The guy that actually committed the murder was never, nothing ever happened to him. right. His brother then brings the actual murderer to his house to talk to Chris, the guy right. who served 20 years for this guy's crime. Right. I mean, all of it's terrible. Yeah. And like the, the only person that visited this guy in prison or did anything for him while he was locked up was a former teacher of his right. who gets him ultimately out of jail right and who he then falls in love with but can't be with because she's married and has a kid i mean all of it sucks like all of the circumstances there's not i mean there are funny moments but there's not a lot of room for this to be a comedy yeah. you know whereas sort of trust even though it, you know some kind of more serious shit happens in it and it does deal with some more serious subject matter it's an absurd
0: like,
1: yeah
2: premise yeah. you know
1: and i i i can say something and sort of trust brings together comedic actors T- right to perform that role yeah. at, with a dramatic side. Uh, this a, one did too. Not knowing Lynn Shelton's work, David, is this the only you only seen those two films from this director, Carlos? I believe so. Okay, so are there, does she lean comedy, lean drama, or is she known for being varied? I mean, in TV, she leans comedy.
0: Yeah, g- generally, I've seen her do a lot more comedy. I mean, so so Hump Day from two thousand nine was the first film of hers that really stood out that I saw. And that has actually the other oh, Duplass dear. brother, Mark Duplass. Um, I've seen that. With Joshua Leonard. I've seen and, that. And, okay. So yeah. they, where they're like two old friends, Joshua Leonard comes and kind of surprises him and says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in town. And uh, Mark Duplass. Yeah. And he hatched this, you right. know, in a drunken night of sort yeah. of silliness, like, oh, as an art project, let's have a, you know, experience where we have sex on film right. as two heterosexual men <laughs> right and you know i mean it's as it's as stupid a premise uh-huh. as you could come up with at a party while you're really drunk but then they really lock into it and they decide that they need to do it and a lot of the film takes place with them actually trying to do this thing uh-huh. and, and the awkward conversations that happen as they're doing it um mostly played for humor i mean it's 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 sort of silly it it i think it's Actually, kind of perceptive about masculinity. And oh, it's, sexuality she's trying. She's and, trying
1: to make all kinds of points yeah. in that premise. I mean, think right. about it.
0: Yeah, um, and then uh, the film "Your Sister's Sister" has sort of a comic element, even though it is kind of weird. And then "Touchy Feely" was another. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm,
2: "Touchy Feely" sounds familiar. Yeah, well, I, I uh, Rosemary DeWitt
0: pervert. and uh, who else was in that? There were a couple other notable. I mean, she always works with really interesting actors. Rosemary DeWitt, Ellen Page, Joss Pies. Um, Allison Janney, Ron Livingston, so that this, anyway, the, she, she works with great actors, and you know, what you were saying before, like with comedians, I mean, Jay Duplass, Edie Falco, mm-hmm. um, Caitlin Deaver, these are all, and Ben Schwartz, these are all actors who are totally capable, capable. of doing yeah. comedy, And but this is a much more, a much darker story in in most ways than, than the other ones that I had seen, um, you know... Th- I like this film a lot. I, I I really did. I had a little problem with it early on, where you know when it when it just starts and it's okay. This guy's been released out of prison, twenty years in prison. The way that J. Duplass carries himself does not speak to me as a guy who's just been twenty years in prison. There's no like rough like. I can't believe that somebody could spend spend two decades, two formative decades of their life in prison and come out as kind of. Mm, I don't know. Like, I mean, he's a he, pretty normal guy. He's normal and and just like a little introverted and stuff. But like, you would think there would be some kind of like he would have had to build up like sort of a tough exterior in prison. I would think, right? I mean, you go into prison when you're an 18 year old, and he was 20. Well, I think they said he was 38 when he got out. But yeah, either okay. way, like the 2018 it doesn't really matter like those are it would have a deep impact on you i think you'd come out as kind of a a little bit harder edged person but maybe, maybe not. not i don't know i was i was able to go with it at a certain point and once it got into more the post prison character relationships then i really got into it um his attachment to edie falco made perfect sense i mean like you said yeah. she was the one person who was actually reaching out to him and actually spending time with him or writing letters to him calling while him. he was in prison his asshole brother um, never shows up right who he's taken the fall for essentially you yeah. know like he he's been out he's been kind of abandoned by all these you know by these figures and she's the one who really kind of owned up to it. And it's interesting, I think, especially as it went on and thinking about, well, what does that do to you? If you're, like, kind of ripped out of your life and, and essentially the prime of your life, where you're going to be, like, kind of coming into your own, um, what happens? And he gets fixated on this teacher who obviously took an interest in him, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, his know? parents didn't even come to his release party. Right. And, and then her daughter, who... That seems inappropriate on some level. But as I watched it, you know, and and like the party scene and then together, it's kind of like, well, I mean, he was ripped out of his teenage years, essentially. I mean, like that was when he left. I think him reemerging into society he he's essentially on some on a, a maturity teenager, level a teenager, yeah. right? I mean, like that's where he left the world. He left the world when he was going to parties yeah. with other teenagers underage. Yeah, which
2: which I thought about during that scene. Yeah, I mean, you know it did occur that that did occur to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know as opposed to sort of trust, which is you know more just like a straightforward kind of you know fish out of water, absurdist kind of comedy. This one has, you know, significantly more layers to it. And there's a lot more to think about. I mean, there's a, you know, a lot to think about in terms of like love and who we love, you know, like, um, I've heard, you know, people talk about this a lot just in like daily life, but, you know, but relationships people end up in, is it just proximity is it just that, you right. know, that person was kind of near you and around mm-hmm. enough that eventually you kind of grew some kind of fondness to him? That, and, and that, that happens. Whatever. And it does. Yeah. And so in this case, you know, you're talking about a guy who is trying to uh, romantically pursue a woman with a husband and a family. And, you know, he... That happens. He, yeah. Well, he, it does. But he is putting himself in this situation where he is um, very much setting himself up to ruin this woman's life that, you know, which... Granted, is isn't great, but still... What would be the opposite of his attention? Yeah, and I mean, is he really, really in love with her? Or is it just that that is the only person that Connection. gave two shits about him for 20 years? And like, what would that mean, you know? And I think it it kind of, for me, at least raised some questions about those kinds of things. And just like, does he really love her? Or is it just that that's the only person, that's the only kind of affection he's known you know um, i've only
1: seen one lynn shelton film you've seen two uh mm-hmm. the one that i seen well you saw hump day you realize so you're right you're right it, it did two. not make so much of an impression as far as like i need to know this director but sort of trust uh makes me want to see more of her films uh, this is one we're seeing for sure you should mm-hmm. watch it i should watch it
2: yeah yeah 100 okay. percent. and
1: then yeah. will you kind of pursue yeah. her
2: yeah, learn more uh, or see, I mean, see some of the older things I mean I I, I started paying attention to her after hearing mark ta- mark Marin talk about his experience with her as a director on his show okay and that was kind of when my radar popped up in regards yeah. to her mm-hmm. um, but I didn't pay as much attention to her work in film as right. I did in TV but now, which may yeah, have been access yeah but now I you know I definitely will keep uh, a more persistent eye on her career than I did before. I mean, I thought that, you know, seeing just in the two films we've talked about this episode, the range between kind of silly comedy and like, you know, some more poignant, deeper, um, you know, serious life shit that happens in Outside In, which is a clever name, by the way. uh, I just, yeah, I'm, you know, I don't know. Good on her for spotting Caitlin Devers as a, uh, you know, someone to look out for who obviously one has gone on to be this big star now, um, or soon to be at least, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that, I think there's a lot happening in this movie. Carlos yeah.
1: and I talked during the break, David, and we have decided that we will allow you to talk more about other of her <laughs> films. Was there anything else that uh, I just, you, folks should be aware of?
0: You know, I I think all the ones that we've mentioned uh, or that I mentioned earlier, Hump Day, Touchy Feely, I think they're all worth seeking out. I okay. mean, it's an interesting mode that she works in. I think it's really interesting because the films definitely have a different feel than the TV that she does. The TV that she does is script-based. Right. Um, by and large, sitcom. and re, sitcom. Well, but Mad Men. I mean, she can do hour long drama. Right. Yeah. Shameless, glow. which is kind of hour long comedy drama. Glow. I like that. Shameless. We, we watched um, that. That's good.
1: The, that the she didn't like it.
0: No. <laughs> she. I think. I think she's competent at doing whatever task she puts her sort of mine to. Right. Um, it, it's really interesting to me, like the little that I've read about her, you know, part of what I find interesting, her career didn't really take off until she was in her 40s. Um, and that, you know, obviously seems like kind of a late stage for a lot, of, a lot of people to kind of get into their creative prime. But everything that I've seen has been really interesting. And the film work that she does, where she just brings together, I mean, it seems like the formula that she has is, Bring together some really great performers Mm -hmm. who she can trust to do good work with basic premises that she comes up with, sometimes in coordination with them, because uh, Jay Duplass was kind of her collaborator on the screenplay. Who might be my favorite
2: Duplass brother, by the way, after seeing (laughs) this movie? I mean, he was in another movie that I wanted to do on the podcast in a previous episode, but maybe we'll get to eventually uh, Manson Family Vacation. Never seen Um, him. it was a uh, 2015 South by Southwest uh, official film okay. uh, that made it to Netflix later. It's a good movie. Um, it's on Netflix now? I don't know if it still is. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say in regards to what you were just saying, David, mm-hmm. um, just in the two films I've seen, there is also a very um, specific visual vocabulary. her films i thought that that's curious one thing that really struck me and again this is just more from my very specific life experiences but the uh abundance of light coming in from the front window of the pawn shop in sort of trust Mm -hmm. and the feel that that gave the rest of the film it's kind of dark but it's not the colors and the tones are very muted in that setting and then you get a lot of muted tones obviously in this um granite falls i think is the name of the town which i believe is in washington from what i saw on screen um yeah you know it's all very muted it's all very uh, trying to at least i don't can't speak to her actual technique but seems very natural light oriented um in a lot of cases the very sparse score throughout most of it you know mm-hmm. there's not a lot of music in her film in these two films um right. just in like the kind of transitionary scenes but as far as like putting score under dialogue or like yeah um
0: it's used uh, more as a bridge yeah, yeah yeah jay
2: duplass and edie falco's sex scene where like you know that would have more of like a swooping it would have a score in a lot of other yeah directors maybe. films is just dead quiet in yeah. on this one you know a lot of that kind of stuff um there's a very specific style that she has where it is. And and also, you know, and you see it a lot in Sword of Trust too. There's a lot of, um, it stuck out to me more in that than in Outside In, a lot of really still camera work, mm-hmm. um, wider angle shots with a very still camera where yeah. you just see actors well, in, like working around the scenes and stuff. And so her directing style, I feel like, isn't as much focused on like i'm a director look what i can do with the camera it's more like i'm a director look at what i can get out of these actors look at the story that i can craft i mean if
0: if you're asking people to improvise and and be able to do that they can't do that you you can't really do a lot of blocking you can't really do you know so you gotta rely more on okay no we're just gonna this is gonna be the shot we're gonna hold it you two do you know do what you gotta do um, or do do what feels right, and, and we're going to go with that. But I agree. like it's hard it, to but, sync but, up improvisation. But still, even with yeah. that, the, it's a choice that's being made. And also with the music. Like you say, the score is used in a very specific kind of way mm-hmm. um, th- throughout both of those films, and, and really all of her films. And, and, and it's a more restrained way than it, than it often is used. Um, which,
2: it, I, which I think is a more challenging way as a director to go about creating tension and drama and uh, emotional impact. Because it's very easy um, comparatively to take a scene that's supposed to be dramatic or that's supposed to be somber or that's supposed to be whatever mood it is that mm-hmm. you're trying to set and have, you know, the actors do what they're doing and then just like put the music underneath it to, because yeah. uh, music is very good at manipulating the way the audience oh, sure. feels. And the fact that you can not do that and still, invoke those feelings is impressive. Yeah. It's not it's it's a more difficult way. It's yeah. a more difficult path to take.
0: Well and it and it takes a lot of trust yeah in your actors. That's right. So <laughs> <A> sort of trust <laughs> sort of trust. Yeah. Well so All right. I'm I'm glad you guys enjoyed this. No, one. I'm,
1: thank you David for and Carl who, who suggested this it was, of it was okay. both of us. But it, Odd know, man out I think I think it's exciting
0: and for our David. listeners <laughs> and for our listeners, I think it's exciting that hey if you haven't seen these films, Outside In is waiting right there for you in your Netflix account. Um, and Sort of Trust, very easily accessible through all the streaming mm-hmm. on-demand rent platforms. Give Google them some Play, money, you know. Uh, no, YouTube.
1: I, I, I think we're all in agreement. Sort of Trust, the new, newest release. It's available on. I, I got. I caught it on Amazon Prime.
0: Yeah,
2: I. Yeah. You know, I paid like seven bucks for rent seven. it. Seven. Yeah. I'm it's good, a, good yeah. with that. Different
1: um, different platform, same price point. I think so. Okay. Pretty uh, much, yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, do it. Give them some money.
1: Right. They made a good film.
0: Right. And Let if them know you're we in the care. Idaho area, <laughs> what do you think about the Nampa-based Mother Earth? Carlos company? messed my head up a little bit when he with talked the tar- about the with medicine the cherry. cherry the, are you getting medicine out of this? I'm gonna go last.
1: I'm not. I'm, I'm not getting medicine. I'm not getting medicine. But I'm noticing a tone that I might not have noticed having not infected my mind. To
0: me, I'll tell you what I think. I think of like those chocolate-covered cherries to some extent. It's not...
1: And the cherries... Those are very sweet, though. This is pretty sweet. They're calling tart... They're they're saying tart cherry.
0: Yeah, it's... Right. I don't get get a lot of sourness there. I mean, maybe a hint. Um, But I'm definitely getting the bourbon barrel. I'm definitely getting the chocolate. I'm getting a little whisper of cherry. All together... I, I like it. I mean, I, I don't know that I'm going to want this every day, you know, You're telling can me myself. that
2: you're going to go outside to work on your garden when it's 105 degrees outside. And I you're not going to crack want... open this 11.7% <laughs> barrel-aged Imperial Stout Brew with tart cherries and chocolate?
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: That's a summertime beer if I've ever heard one.
0: Yeah. No. It, to me, this is very enjoyable for the uh, whatever it was, probably like five, six ounces that I had of that. Delicious. Um, perfect beer to have that amount of I would I, you know I'll leave it at that I I, I like it for what it is yeah for not sure.
2: not a full pint of it for me no it is uh, pretty heavy <laughs> um, you know I did say at the beginning the most cherry beers that I've had um give me kind of a medicinal kind of taste to it actually one of my least favorite uh, ingenious experiences was with the cherry wheat that they did huh. and it very much tasted like medicine and I no, I've,
1: I've had a vicks 44 taste in my cherry in a cherry adjunct beer yeah
2: this one though did not have that it, it, and maybe it's because the cherry isn't super prominent it's yeah. more of um it more they, they found the balance they could have it could have had more cherry.
1: You th- you think so?
2: Well cuz I was going to say the cherry is not super prominent but it does kind of like maybe cut some of the bitterness or cut some of the booziness from the barrel um it's more of like something to cut the rest of it with rather than it is a flavor in its own right yeah in I my th- opinion it's th- an it's an undertone it's not the star of the show
1: i think of the three of us i like this the most but i will Ooh. tell you that when you go to a good beer rock bar, paper scissors for it, <laughs> a good beer bar that is giving you a high abv at a smaller pore size sometimes you appreciate that Yes, the idea that I only want six ounces or nine, eight, I'm sorry, eight ounces of a beer rather than a full pint of this, especially served at a refrigerated temperature, I don't think I'd enjoy as much. But uh, splitting this sixteen-ouncer with you guys, eleven point seven, I'm feeling it, and it, uh, your boy is, I think it. it tasted really, really good, and getting to the beginning. I'd like to drink some more Mother Earth. I'd like to see what they're all about. I'd like to know what what else they offer, and I'm probably going to go to their website to find out.
2: Uh, I'm on the same page. I also would like to know. Uh, I did find this to be very enjoyable.
1: Spe- I don't know. Speaking of websites, we have one.
2: Speaking of websites, we do have one. We not only have a website, we have various social media channels that you can find us on. You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show. You can find us on Instagram at Beer and a Movie. Facebook.com slash Beer and and as always, Beer Movie You can find a link to listen there. And uh, also, if I'm not mistaken, a map that will show you all of the different breweries that we've had in the, their respective cities and states and what have you um other than that if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, please rate review and subscribe subscribing will help you stay abreast uh on all of our latest episodes you'll be the first to know about them but rating and reviewing helps us we know you're going to give us that five star rating but go ahead and leave us a written review it does help us uh you know know what you like what you don't like what you want to see more of in the future helps us program our content um you know, all that good stuff. Uh, If you feel so inclined to send us some beer, you can do that. You can DM us. Uh, You know, that's where it goes down is in the DM. So go ahead and hit us and uh, let us know what you want to send us. Uh, We'll give you all the info on how to do that. And we'll send you something back as well. This is a two way street. Uh, You love us. We love you. We'll send you beer. Um, We'll dip into our cellars uh, or maybe David's. Maybe we'll just go raid David's. Um, you always I, can. I've got some stuff as well. Maybe we'll see. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but until then, this has been Lynn Shelton, uh, Sword of Trust, Outside <laughs> In. Um, our episodes on that. And until next time.